Can you see the bottom? No! Don't look down, Sam! Just keep going! None of it. What's in this? Nothing. Just a bit of seasoning. I thought maybe if we was having a roast chicken one night or something. Roast chicken? You never know. Sam. My dear Sam. <laughs> it's very special, that. It's the best salt in all the Shire. It is special. It's a little bit of home. We can't leave this here for someone to follow us down. Who's gonna follow us down here, Mr. Frodo? It's a shame, really. Lady Galadriel gave me that. Real Elvish rope. Well, there's nothing for it. It's one of my knots. Won't come free in a hurry. Real Elvis Rope. Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we are all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and the small screens, and we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Scott. And I am Tim, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. Scott, another special episode. I know, not talking DC Universe, we're back in Middle Earth. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and we are joined by our friend, great friend of the show, and a supporter. We have Eric. That's right. Eric, how you doing again tonight? Hey guys. Hi Eric. I can't believe it's been it's been too long. It's almost <laughs> been as long as these movies are. <laughs> well, to be fair, it was long until Eric had the sniffles or whatever it was that you had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, listen. Like we we were ready to record this episode and then Eric just called in sick that day. I did. I was a little sick, you know. What can, <laughs> what can you do, right? <laughs> well, we wanted we want we definitely want you 100%. <laughs> I thought during your introduction you were going to call me like like your favorite hobbit or your favorite my your favorite elf or you know something like that. I was expecting that. <laughs> no, you're our favorite Pippin. <laughs> you know what? See, this is how we're going to start. We're going to start there, yes, right? This is okay. how we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. <laughs> this is how we're doing it. Okay. <laughs> oh man, no, this is so good to have you back. Now, just as a refresher, we recorded our very first. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. Our very first non DC related episode ever for the show about a year ago. Yeah, it was. It was in August of 2000. 18 yeah because i remember it was i remember like getting my room ready for the start of the year and playing fellowship of the ring on my projector 
screen in my classroom. Yeah. So it's it's right about it's about a year ago now, and it was really weird. It was episode one sixty nine. Wow, you even found the number. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks thanks to Eric who yeah, posted that's, it. That's impressive. Episode one sixty nine. So if you want, okay, so well, let's just set the table here. We are reviewing the second film in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and this is Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Episode one sixty nine of our podcast, we did uh, Fellowship of the Ring with with Eric on that. Yeah, so yeah. it's a uh, it's a great listen because we love that movie. <laughs> so yes, we absolutely yes, love it. Absolutely. And I don't think much is going to change with this one. <laughs> I, you know, that's an interesting point that I think is going to come up because, like I did for Fellowship of the Ring in preparation for tonight, I watched the extended edition of uh, the Two Towers because I'm one of those people. If I'm going to watch these movies, I'm going to watch the extended editions. Yeah, same here. And right. I have to say this. I saw The Two Towers in theaters. I remember it was college. It was like the movie night where like my my college was giving out free movie tickets to say, hey, let's let's let almost everyone in the screening be, you know, our, you know, college, college students from our from our college. And I remember having sort of eh, OK feelings about The Two Towers. Now, as we've stated before, I have still, after all these years, never seen the extended edition of The Return of the King. Neither have I. But I have to say that the extended edition of The Two Towers greatly improves the movie for me. Huh. Like, Fellowship of the Ring, I love Fellowship of the Ring, the theatrical version. I love Fellowship of the Ring, the extended edition. It it really, you know, six, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. But when it comes to The Two Towers, the extended edition added so much to the film, and I don't just yes. mean the runtime, that it <laughs> makes it a better movie in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there there are a couple of plot beats that change a little bit in the extended edition over the theatrical cut. So you get a little bit more of Fairmare and Boromir, right? You know, what mm-hmm. their relationship was. You get that in the extended edition in the two towers. Um, you also get some, you know, spoiler for, for what happens after Helm's Deep. You kind of get an idea of what ha- what actually happened to all of those orcs who uh, who were chased away uh, by Gandalf uh, <laughs> at the end of the Battle of Helm's Deep. So you get some some insight into that. Um, and then they, they take you through what happened to Theodred, you know, Theod, uh, Theoden's son, uh, who was was uh, ambushed and eventually died from his wounds. So I agree, Scott. It really does expound on some of these things that you don't see in the theatrical cut that really really helped explain some of these um, these things that the characters are growing through. So I agree. It was a weird thing because my reaction of seeing the theatrical cut was that, I, you know, when you look at it, the Battle of Helm's Deep is not a terribly long amount of time in this movie, but right. all I could remember from the theatrical cut was that I just felt like all the movie was about was the Battle of Helm's Deep. Now you go back and watch the movie and that's not true, but that's the impression I was left with after the theatrical cut. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt that same way too, Scott, but like, and maybe it's just because the extended cut had so many more scenes that were kind of added prior to that, but like, it it seemed like it took quite a while to get to that battle at the end, and you know, and it certainly doesn't, didn't disappoint for me. Like, when it got to that battle, like, you were invested in what was happening, you know, the way they had kind of set up all the people fleeing to Helm's Deep, you know, it was, it, it was, uh, it was done really well, and then the battle was just, was just really quite long. Like, I, I don't know how many minutes it took up in the film but it just seemed like it just went on for quite some time well in in movie time if you think about it the 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 battle went all night right the battle started at night and the battle ends during the day so so this actually in movie time you know was essentially a battle that that essentially
obviously happened all night. And uh, I know we're already at the Battle of Helm's Deep. That, that kind of tells you <laughs> that's probably one of the more important parts of this particular movie. Yeah. But um, if, if you don't mind, I mean, I, if we can go back, if you if you remember, if you go back and listen to episode 169, you hear us kind of talk really glowingly about, you know, Gandalf's arc in the first film and how he spends about half the movie um, as the leader of the fellowship and then, you know, uh, falls into shadow uh, 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 in uh, the uh, in the mines of Moria. And so I saw this movie in the theaters, too, Scott. And, you know, I again, I, if you listen to episode 169, you'll hear me talk how wonderful I love this film and some of my emotional reactions that I had to the film the first time I saw it in the theaters. But I come into Two Towers and again, I had no idea what Peter's going to have. Peter Jackson, the director of the film, is going to you know throw at me in this this new chapter of the of, of the of the trilogy. And I sit down and what happens? The very first scene we're in, you know, the mountains. Yes. Uh, you can hear you can hear Gandalf, you know, sort of you can hear some of those familiar lines from the Fellowship uh, movie. Right. And, and I'm like, OK, this is what we're doing. You're going to throw me right back into this. Right. One of the most powerful parts of the first film. He starts out with that part in the second film. And I was like, OK, I'm ready for this ride. So uh, as soon as I saw that, that's where we were starting. And it kind of took us back to there and kind of showed what happened from Gandalf's point of uh, perspective. I, I just knew this this movie was going to be just as special. Yeah. I mean, it's a direct continuation of the story. It was like, you know, it left where kind of right where it left off from a big emotional part of the film. Uh, it jumps right into that story. And what was great about it, too, is like you get you get to see this different side of Gandalf that you just didn't see necessarily in the first film. You know, you, you saw him use some of his some of his wizard type skills, you know, in the first film. But in this one, my God, this guy goes and he's fallen and he decides like, no, we're not done. I'm going to go find my sword and I'm going to like get right. down and he's battling <laughs> like he's got this big physical battle yes. all the way down as they kind of plummet down further into the earth and, and into this this giant lake, which was just a beautiful scene, by the yes. way. They finally show that one scene from a distance yes. where it shows them falling through the, the top of this giant cavern and slowly falling down to the lake just to kind of give you the immensity of it. But like you get to see this thing is like, oh, my God. I mean, he's a badass. Like he is really <laughs> genuinely. Yes. <laughs> like he is genuinely going toe to toe with this creature. And it was great. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And then later on, too, we, we find out that uh, we don't know how it ended up there because like somehow they went from that lake in that giant cavern down in the underground. They were on top of some mountain still fighting. <laughs> so it's like yes. this was just going on and on. <laughs> and eventually, you know, he lost his life, uh, you know, at least his first incarnation. Right. You know, from battling this right. monster. But it was great. I loved it. It was a great way to start out the film. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that part. So, you know, guys, last time we, we talked, right, we sort of instead of going chronologically through the film and, and, and spending, you know, two and a half hours doing that, because these are very long films. Yes. <laughs> um, we sort of we sort of looked at specific, you know, things that we liked about the film and we just talked about them and shared, you know, from that perspective, we talked about some of the main plot points that we were, you know, that we liked that we, we talked through. And then we went from that to sort of some of the cinematic stuff that we really liked in the film. And then we we talked about moments and, you know, some of the great moments in, in, in the films. And so I think, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting about Two Towers is some of the changes I felt Jackson made to some of the characters. So if you remember in Fellowship, the orc, the orcai were seemed to be sort of these grunting, you know, moaning, you know, creatures. And, you know, they really didn't have a very strong dialogue or vocabulary in Fellowship. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> 
in two towers, the Urukai and some of the orcs, they have these, you know, expanded vocabularies. They're making like, you know, restaurant menu jokes. And I'm like, and that was one of the things when I saw two towers that sort of struck out to me the first time was, wow, the dialogue really expanded for some of these, you know, some, you know, for the Urukai and the orc group, whereas in fellowship, they, they felt very tribal, very, um, you know, uh, you know, not, not, you know, more, more so just a blunt instrument. If it makes, if that makes any sense, whereas in two towers they seemed to pick up personality and they they had like sort of um you know you know a societal you know a socioeconomic thing happened in there because you had the urukai who were you know sort of uh you know uh, uh taking sides against the you know the more traditional orc species so i thought it was kind of interesting how the vocabulary expanded in two towers with with that particular with those two species of uh of uh, of uh i don't know what you would call them of yeah what creature i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well i think it i, I think it's indicative of the fact that s- there is so much more time spent with those creatures. Yeah. I mean, when the, when uh, Mary and Pippin get captured, I mean, you need them to be talking or else that's going <laughs> to be kind of a long, dragged out yeah. part of the film. So I, once again, I have not read these books in, I mean, I unfortunately, <laughs> I am not quite the Tolkien scholar that I probably should be with my interest level, but uh-huh. I do know that at least as far as a film adaptation perspective if you're going to be spending that much time with this group of characters well you need them to be interactive now you didn't need them to be interactive in the fellowship of the ring because when we saw them they were just cannon fodder i mean they were there to be this unstoppable killing force which once again we see again at the end of the battle of helm's deep but when they capture mary and pippin you need them interacting because except for mary and pippin they're the only characters around right Yep, it looks like uh, meat's back on the menu, boys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, <laughs> I was like, and then so it's funny. I was reading. Uh, uh, there's a uh, there's a, a Twitter user that I follow. Uh, I, I wish I could remember the name that so I can give him some credit on the pod. But they they post a lot about Lord of the Rings mythology and just you know some of the things that they like about the films. And uh, one of the tweets that uh, that I saw was um, the it, it was pretty much a meme that just showed somebody like you know feeling like they just sort of you know had an epiphany and the caption was the moment that you realize that when the orc says it looks like meat's back on the menu that there's actually somewhere in middle earth orc restaurants (laughs) 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 and and, and it's like you know this is somebody that's obviously putting a lot of thought into something like this it's like you know uh but no you think about it's like orcs have menus and if they have menus do they have restaurants (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, can i can i give you um a a little bit of trivia about the orcs there andy circus actually did the actual voice of one of the orcs i'm not surprised at all wow. yeah he was the one and i and i don't remember the exact phrase that he used but he was the one that was trying to suggest that you know you could just you know you, you can keep them alive but they don't need their legs right so we you know yeah oh okay. that one okay that that's guy, actually circus yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow yeah that is pretty cool the the make the makeup and the prosthetics on these urukai and the orcs was just fantastic i you know it, we said this about fellowship of the ring but it's amazing that you can watch these movies and except for maybe a shot here a shot there maybe if you're being picky these things have not aged they still hold up 
Now, I I still once again without seeing the extended edition of the Return of the King, I do felt I do feel like that there was more practicality maybe in Fellowship of the Ring, and there gets to be a little bit more VFX going on with each subsequent film in the trilogy that I feel yes. like maybe hurt that a little bit. But still, I look at the the Gollum motion capture because let's remember that this is the film that like revolutionized yeah. mocap, and yeah. it was this movie because if you go back and watch Fellowship of the Ring, Gollum's not in that a whole terribly a lot, and no. when he's in it, it's not by this, himself yeah. it, by himself, and it's not this level of performance. But in this film, it was like shut the front door yeah. about the performance that Andy Circus was putting in and the level of technology that you know that had been achieved for making Gollum a 100% CGI character in this film. And in the way that made yeah. it so good is because I mean, you know, Circus Andy Circus was actually in these scenes. Like he yes. had the mocap suit on. And so, you know, all this great animation that seems so seamless the way it fits in there, you know, with with uh, you know, Frodo and and Sam. I mean, it's because because Andy Circus was right there with them as they were filming this. Giving the performance that he then would like ADR later. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what's incredible is is Andy Circus is sort of pioneered the idea of instead of just staring at a tennis ball, let's right. let the actor let, let's let the guy in the mocap suit be an actual actor giving a performance to the actors and receiving a performance as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just absolutely amazing. Like, I mean, I, I still looking at it, like you can you can look at it and go, yeah, I can tell that you know that doesn't exactly fit in that well, or, or it doesn't fit in uh, perfectly, but it's not far off, man. Even to this day, you look at how how well Gollum looks in this. It almost is seamless. It, it's amazing yeah. considering that that was like the yeah. first real uh, like fully mocap animated character to that extent that I remember seeing and interacting with the real world around him, like touching tree yes. branches and scraping wall. I mean, I was actually watching the film this time trying to be critical of it. <laughs> and like, just to say, okay, if I'm going to be that guy, let me look. And I was like, nope, actually looks better than some mocap I've seen recently. So, you know what? I got no complaints. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's been, I, I mean, I, I, as you guys know, I, I watch these movies, probably more than 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 the average sane person <laughs> and um it, it just it continues to amaze me how well it's aged um and and i know we talked about this in our fellowship pod but it just really you know goes uh, stands to be repeated that the movie just continues to look great even though it was released in 2002 this particular iteration you know was released in 2002 the theatrical cut and i think the the extended edition came some years later um but the 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 mocap stuff the, the CGI stuff is still pretty good. It doesn't really take you out of the film. Um, you know, even some of the, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's necessarily called motion capture, but if you notice when when Gandalf goes to uh, uh, Rohan and he releases uh, the king from the spell that um, Saruman had him under um, and sort of they, it goes through this sort of, you know, phase, you can see he loses the beard, he loses the, some of the scaly skin and he ends up looking like himself again. I don't know what that technique is called. Um, you know, do you guys remember what I'm talking about? When, when oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I know, I'm 
remember exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, they basically de-aged him. You know, that was kind of like what it was. But yeah, I don't know exactly what that's called. But but the the great the larger point I think is that you know it doesn't take me out of the film. It looks like it belongs even you know to you know can stand up with some of these films that that are uh, that that we see today. So um, you know, just again, it's a testament to to what Jackson and that team did. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm you know I know Amazon has got the rights and they're going to be putting some some stuff uh together i think that for release in what 2021 2022 something like that i'm, I'm hearing they've uh, they've got a high bar i know and i think it but i think it's smart that they're not even touching this era right. of middle earth because if i remember correctly the series they're doing is going to be the second age so yes. it so that's what you do you go no no you get to have that yeah. we're gonna go play in another sandbox in the universe and <laughs> you kind of you, that kind of frees you from those strings especially when you're gonna do you know a what essentially is gonna be a prequel series yeah yeah oh man I agree um let's I I do want to bring this up because this kind of goes to the you, you know how my heart goes when it comes to adaptation like I, I can take a film and I can appreciate when something is translated from source material how it is done and I'm not sure how much either one of you are familiar with this but in the book the two towers one thing is is that the movie actually stops before the book stops uh-huh. but that's because the book follows aragon legolas gimli tells their story and then chronologically rewinds to tell frodo and sam's story right and that's why it actually ends later is because you know those two stories are told you know completely separately and then what peter jackson and fran walsh and and I always forget the third person who wrote the screenplay. I, I'm, I'm terrible about that. Was it Sinclair? Stephen Sinclair? Philippa Boyens? That's, that's who I was trying to remember. Thank you. But what they did was they found a way to track the two stories and line them up chronologically so that, you know, you could jump back and forth between the two stories and have them lined up in the timeline, which is why the movie has to cut it short, was mm. because they were trying to keep keep the timeline of those two groups of characters in sync. And if they were going to do that, the movie couldn't end where the book ends because Frodo and Sam's story keeps on going, which is why the portion with the spoiler for this movie and this book, but the giant spider happens in the third movie, even though you get the spider in the second book. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So you get Shelob in the second book, right? Yes, you do. They actually get captured by her at the end of the second book because because I remember growing up watching the animated version of The Return of the King, and they're already captured by the time that movie started. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, that, that's that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you know, when I when I think about this film, you know, and I, I think Tim, you mentioned it earlier. Like, you know, there's a lot of about this film that, um, um, or Scott, it might have been you actually that mentioned this. There's a lot about the extended edition that improves on the, the- theatrical release, and and I think there's subtle improvements. Um, you know, even beyond two towers that you see in Return of the King, especially in the extended cut. Um, 
Fellowship is still my favorite. Just a spoiler for folks who, who, who may want to know that Fellowship is still my favorite. It just it has a special place um, in, in my movie heart um, because it was the first and in, in, in everything that 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 movie had going for it. But one of the cool things about this particular film that really just um, really resonated me with me, obviously, was which how was how Peter put us back into some one of the more emotional parts of the film. But you see this journey that that Frodo and Sam take and you can see this friendship that 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 they develop throughout all of Two Towers, sort of how Sam serves as the protector and Frodo sort of needs Sam and yeah. and he's, you know, trusting Gollum, but probably shouldn't trust him. He starts to pity him because he starts to see himself. Right. Right. In, oh in my Gollum. Goodness, yes. And he, he starts to he starts to 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 fear that this is his future. And he sort of sees how Sam treats Gollum and he's sort of putting himself in Gollum's shoes and saying, well, is this how Sam will look at me if if I if we fail, if, if the ring overtakes me and I become sort of a shell of myself, sort of what Gollum is, you know, how, how he used to be Smeagol, but now he sort of is a shell of, of, of who is of his former sort of, uh, you know, humanity slash hob, you know, hobbitness or, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure, quite sure what species Smeagol was, but you can see that Frodo starts to um, pity Gollum and then he starts to sort of resent how Sam treats Gollum. But we all know as the audience, as we're watching the movie, we know that Gollum is a villain. Right. We know mm-hmm. that Sam has a reason to mistrust him. And we just see Frodo sinking further and further into this hole that they eventually pay off in return. Right. You don't you don't see exactly how this pays off until return. You can see, you know, when Gollum betrays them both. Um, but I really liked this journey that 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 they took us on with Sam and Frodo and how they they began to bond to become more than friends. And and, you know, uh, and how they 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 connected to you know, Gollum or, or, or not. Um, and that was, that was a pretty cool thing. I thought that was really well done in this film. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think the point you made is watching Frodo's empathy or, or and watching how he does pity him. And, and you, and at first, you know, I wonder how quickly an audience picks up on the fact that what he's doing is he's just seeing himself yes. and he's seeing what he's becoming. Yeah. And I think that provides a lot of the heart in the middle of this film because yes. you just see Sam not getting it. Yeah. It's like why, why, Mister Frodo, why? And and even and even at the end, Sam kind of starts to feel a little bit like, especially after he sees how Formir and the and the men you know and the gun and the guys from Gondor like treated um, Smeagol. You know, he seems to like get a little soft on him towards the end. Of course, that's exact the exact point that you're like right. no don't don't trust don't trust him at all because yeah. he's going to feed you to a spider <laughs> and which which is funny because at the end of the that's kind of a funny thing at the end of the movie is that you have if you haven't read the books you have no idea what he's talking about it's like <laughs> absolutely fantastic foreshadowing to like something bad's gonna happen <laughs> but i do think that when you get into this mill because you know the, the extended edition of two towers is 20 minutes of credits but after that 20 minutes of credits it's basically it's 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 a four-hour movie it is yes but i really feel like with all the stuff with rohan and the the orcs and the orakai when you boil it down the heart of this story is sam frodo and smeagol slash gollum it 
yeah. this movie in particular. It really is. I mean, it's yes. by far, it's a, it is really impactful and touching the the continuation of the development and the expression of the relationship and the love that Frodo and Sam have for each other. And especially, you know, especially Sam as being like the caretaker and he's the one that's trying to protect Frodo because he can, he's standing back and he's he can kind of see, you know, he can see, um, you know, where Frodo's kind of putting himself in in trouble where he's like, you know, trusting Smeagol and and where, remember when he, he jumped in there and kept Frodo from putting on the ring when that wraith was uh, coming at him. So it's like, you could just see it like the the, the friendship and a relationship is just so strong and what they've what they've done in this film and then on top of it like you know as as somebody you know if you haven't read the books and you don't know where the story's going to go if you're like a general audience member and you're looking at Smeagol you're like I think they do a great job of genuinely getting you to to be sympathetic and feel sympathy for this character right especially yes. with the dissociative identity disorder they give him where he's talking yes. to himself yes and, yes and he has those two distinct identities I think that's because what it does it is it allows you to give all of your hate hate filled feelings towards Gollum but then have complete pity for Smeagol because yeah. you start to realize that he that they are two different people and especially that sequence of shots where based on which angle the camera was coming from it told you who was talking right I thought that <laughs> yes. was a brilliantly shot scene <laughs> yeah let, let's uh, let's talk about that for a little bit uh, you're 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 absolutely right um, and spot on with sort of how, how they show the different care, camera angles and you know you've got you know uh, well when he's behind know, a tree yeah at the end <laughs> yeah and he's like uh, but you know he refers that it, it's all it's us right whenever he you know he talks you know when they first capture him he says they've got the the Elvis robe around his neck and they're 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 you know Sam says you know let's leave him here right and uh, let's tie him up and, and 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 leave and he goes no 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 that'll kill us that'll kill us and so um, I think that's where Frodo and him bond because Frodo obviously in the movie I think the movie does a great job of showing that Frodo is slowly slowly being influenced and 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 uh, by the ring right and um, so he can relate to this particular character because this is somebody who had the ring for a long mm-hmm. time I think I think Bilbo had the ring for for a, I think several like a hundred years several hundred years um, uh, in in the cave I, I don't know for sure so if you're you know for all the tokenites who are listening to this podcast <laughs> Uh, you know, don't 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 uh, come at me, come after me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure, but he had the ring for a very long time, right? Yeah, because that's supposed to explain why he looks the way he is. Because you know, spoiler alert: we see Andy Circus in the third movie as Andy Circus, yeah. and the whole point <laughs> right. is that the ring has devolved him into what we've seen. Yeah, and and it's corrupted him and Bilbo just had it for I know I, for, I forgot how many extra years Bilbo has gotten that's like you know because the ring extends your life but yeah, it also right. eats you away as it's doing it like it keeps you alive because it wants to eat away at you yeah yeah I mean what, what was Bilbo like 111 I think that's what it was 111th 11th yes or, or I think however yes. he said it like in the first film and Smeagol I think had the ring for 500 years that sounds about right yeah I think that's what they that I think that's what was explained in the first film because I mean I, I it's been forever since I read the book so I don't remember from that yeah I was just I, I figured I would I would google it since we brought it up 478 <laughs> years okay hey pretty cool you were very close Tim very <laughs> yeah, close very close 
we'll oh. we'll give we'll give you the uh, we'll give you the win on that. We'll round up. We'll give you the win. Yeah, I'll take the roundup. I'll take the roundup yeah, yeah. on that. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but no, this is uh, Scott. You're right. This is really a Frodo, Sam, and Gollum movie with uh, with the action uh, of of Aragorn and Legolas and and uh, the Rohan army against Saruman's army as sort of the action beat here. Um, but you know the the the, the really the, the cool thing and again uh, not to sound repetitive, but the really the cool thing about this movie that I think just sets it apart um, even you know to some extent above fellowship is the camaraderie and the friendship and the partnership that you see between you know uh, Frodo and Sam obviously and then you see between Legolas, Gimli and Aragorn they sort of you know are this group of, of individuals who just by their sheer heroics and just you know their 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 principles you know sort of influence how uh, Theoden, you know, handles ruling his people, right? Um, you know, you know, jumping forward to the end of the movie, you know, spoiler for the end, but, you know, Theoden was ready to give up, right? He said it's over, yeah. right? What what could men do against such hate, right? And, and Aragorn is the one that says, listen, ride out. Let's meet him head on. We may die here, um, but, you know, it, at least we, 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 we go out fighting. Yeah, go and out like they, that. They, they, <laughs> Right, go out like that instead of cowering in, yeah. um, in, in 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 the back of in, in that in that room in the in the back of uh, Helm's Deep. Um, but no, th- this this film to me really just speaks about just camaraderie and friendship, um, and 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 togetherness as 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 you know as we see some of the, these two groups of people, Frodo, Sam, and then these other and then Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, sort of of uh, uh, um, you know sort of you know go on their separate journeys. Um, I have a question. This is something that I've really I probably probably could Google this and, and get an answer. But I wonder what you guys think. One of the things that I sort of walked away from this movie sort of having questions about is what what was what what happened with Gandalf? Obviously, he died. Was he reincarnated? Was did he not die and just sort of was, you know, the life of a, or the, 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 the actual lifespan of a wizard goes through these different colors, you know, blue, brown, gray and then white. Or do you only get to the white level if you, you know, you die heroically? So I just had all these questions about how Gandalf became Gandalf the white. So I was curious if you guys had any uh, insight into that. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I mean, it was it was explained that he did die and that like that time after he had died. Like uh, I don't remember the exact words I used, but like basically every day was like uh, was like a neon. Like it was it was it you know it just felt super long, and then he just came back. So I don't know I, I don't know the mythology behind that. I don't know the mythology either. But given but if I'm basing it just what I've been given in the film, it does feel almost like a like a Buddhist sense of reincarnation that you have achieved something in your life, and then you are allowed to then move on to the next level. Yeah. You know. When you've kind of reached that, when you've reached that peace, when you've reached that sort of that that state of Zen with with nature and the world, you are then allowed to achieve the next level. Because I do know that if you go back, you know, you go and watch the Hobbit film, the Hobbit trilogy, you see other wizards, and the color is kind of like a ranking system. Right, right. So, and that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what that's why I was I was um, I was thinking. I was like, you know, I'll probably Google that probably after this 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 recording and just. 
you know, get an, a, a final answer on that. But it was one of the things that I left the movie originally sort of questioning. It's like, well, you know, he, he did he die or did he or did he not die or did, was he <laughs> right. un, yeah, unconscious or did he get reincarnated? Um, but, um, you know, all in all, I, I felt his return uh, was interesting because um, they were they were teasing it. Right. They, they you know, in the film, they were teasing that, you know, there's this um, they said, you know, there's a, the white wizard. Mm-hmm. You can you can hear the ant, the ant talking about, you know, the white wizard. He, he walks to and fro in the forest. And, you know, my my, you know, sort of read on that is that they were referencing um, Saruman. But maybe maybe not. Maybe it was Gandalf they were referencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even. Even when uh, it was it, it was finally revealed, like you had Aragorn and Gimli and and um, Legolas, when they actually encountered the White Wizard, they actually the little trick that they did in the film, they actually had Christopher Lee and uh, Ian McKellen saying the same dialogue at exactly the same time, and so you heard both of their voices at first. Oh, okay. When when he first set when he first like you know greets them, so if you yes. listen to it, you, like you can hear like you you definitely hear each one of them, and and, and it's, it is a little bit confusing you're not exactly sure what you're hearing you're not exactly sure who it is okay and by the way he did die um i i googled this while you were talking gandalf himself this this is straight from the wikipedia page um gandalf himself died shortly afterwards and his body lay on the peak while his spirit traveled quote out of thought and time gandalf was eventually quote sent back as gandalf the white and returned to life on the mountaintop so yes, he died, and then his spirit was placed back into his body, and then he was promoted in his, in the orders because yes, the colors are the uh, the ranking system. Okay. Yep. So so I mean, who you know, like Saruman is is still like the White Wizard, right? So yes, it, he he had gotten promoted at one time. Do they not demote? Like, <laughs> is there no demotion in this order? Apparently not. <laughs> well, um, I I can tell you, um, he he definitely got demoted in the next movie. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of like speaking in context of this film because I mean, of all the stuff he's doing, like, right. you know, is there is nobody watching? Is nobody watching the ship? You know? So. <laughs> yeah, no, he. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I hear you in the context of this film. You know, it would have been nice for him to, to you know, but there, yeah. is there a demotion process for for, for wizards? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's one other relationship I'd like to talk about. Um, Gimli, when he finds out that Aragorn is alive, and when he greets him and hugs him and all that, like that was a really kind yeah. of powerful moment. I don't know if you guys like latched onto that, but that was another one where it, you know you felt like you know this this fellowship that was put together from the last film and and continued in this film, uh, you know, with Aragorn and Gimli and, and Legolas, you know, chasing after you know Merry and Pippin, you know, trying to rescue them. Like it's it just something about the length of time that they had in this film. Like you you actually felt. You, you actually feel and believe that you know these that these um, these heroes are are really getting like a genuine friendship and affection for each other. Well, yeah. I definitely feel that way by the Battle of Helm's Deep when you get the sort of running gag that can, that starts in this film and re- and returns in the next film where yeah. Legolas and Gimli are like, <laughs> "How many orcs have you killed?" It's like <laughs> I have forty three. <laughs> he was twitching because yeah. he's got my axe axe embedded in his <laughs> nervous system. <laughs> yeah, that. that that's pretty funny and that that's that's it that's an extended edition scene right that that was yes it is theatrical in the theatrical cut um so uh you know for for those of you who have not seen the extended edition and you have about four hours to to uh to to you know to To kill the film (laughs) to kill right um watch it i think there's some really cool that scene is great right he's like he was twitching and he goes uh it's because my (laughs) axe is in his skull 
uh, and he's he, he he you know he can he twitches the he he twists the axe and the guy's feet start to twitch. It's just yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, sorry, any movie is made better by Sean Bean because if yes. you watch the theatrical cut, there is no Sean Bean, and you get all the Sean Bean yeah. in yeah. in this, and and that is oh my goodness, I don't know how you understand Formir's character at all in the theatrical version without those flashbacks. No. Yes. And not only that, yeah. the, the the whole deal with his father and the relationship they have, like, you don't understand that in the next film if you don't have that. No, man. And John, I mean, because it's like before you see John Noble show up in the third movie, you've already got the 411 on him if you watch the extended version of this movie. Exactly. A chance for Formia to show his quality. Yes. Yeah. And he's, and he, you know, he says that in the extended edition, right? And then, but, you know, in a theatrical cut, he, you know, he, Faramir says it, and but, you know, you don't get that that backstory of John Noble saying it first. So, um, no, I I, uh, I I think it really does help expand on that particular story arc, you know, as far as Faramir's relationship with his father and how in, in Boromir. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it does a good job of humanizing Boromir in, in the flashbacks as well. Like, yes, he, even even in Fellowship, he kind of came off a little bit of a like a jerk. And in Two Towers with some of the flashbacks, you can kind of see just the the love that that Boromir had for Faramir and, and so Sort of how he, you know, sort of, you know, sought to protect him and and and, and teach him. Um, so I, I liked that. I liked those flashback scenes. I thought that was pretty cool. a, a nice touch. It also gives you more context to why he was acting the way he was acting in Fellowship, because you realize right. he went to the Council of Elrond with very specific instructions from his father. Yes. So it really makes you go, oh, that's what's going on. Yeah. Yep. Can I tell you about a scene that I just really enjoyed back when? Lord Elrond was talking to his daughter and he was trying to convince her, Arwen, trying to convince her, you know, if, if you go follow, um, you know, Aragorn, you're going to, you know, he's going to eventually die and, and you know, he's not going to be there for you forever, basically. They do this scene where they show him uh, where he, you know, his body is on top of that, uh, that like stone tablet of, or whatever it is, a stone table. Right. And it is such a haunting and beautiful scene because it basically, they, they start to kind of pan out and it shows that just everything, like all the life just, just kind of disappears, not just from him, but like around, like that whole, you know, that whole city is just lifeless. And it's such a beautiful and haunting scene. Like I, I could just sit there and watch it over and over. It just, it just, it's something that just really kind of struck me when I saw it. Like it just like really kind of had an impact me. And I don't know if, I'm curious to see if you guys enjoyed that scene. Yeah, it struck a chord with Arwen because right. it, um, you know, it, it sort of was one of the reasons why she decided to take her father's um, advice and right. to take the take the um, uh, the you know, to sell to, to Valinor. So um, no, I, I I love that scene. Um, there's a lot of really good Arwen and Lord Elrond scenes, you know, um, in, in in this particular trilogy. That, that's one of the really cool ones. Um, another another cool scene that there, there's just so much just stuff here to talk about. You know, <laughs> we don't have we we can't talk about it for three hours, but no. there's so much great stuff. But um, one of the one of the, the scenes that I really like is when uh, Frodo, uh, Sam, and uh, Gollum, Gollum get to uh, the Black Gate, and uh, Frodo is ready to to, uh, to 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 sprint into the Black Gate. The gate is opening, and yeah. and um, you know he's pretty much saying, you know, Sam, you know, you know, uh, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to follow me in here. And Sam's like, you know, listen, man, you know, I'm a ride or die here. You know, we let's 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 go. <laughs> and uh, he, you know, 
he but he falls right he falls into you know falls down and then um you know he, you know the, it, one of the one of the, the the armies that are coming in to sort of prepare to fight for sauron notices that there's rubble falling and sam is stuck in some of the rocks and frodo runs down here and and there's two things that i really like about this scene um the first thing is like i think the 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 way that peter's trying to tell this particular story is that these particular soldiers are uh gigantic they're they're tall they're they're supposed to be very very tall and so because they're sort of are you know really tall and obviously hobbits are small and short um the ability for them to hide even though they were standing right over them i think is probably uh was was one of the reasons why they were uh you know why they weren't seen um but i just i really like stuff like that where you can you know where where a movie kind of shows you different scale and say okay you know here here's you know you know hobbits in scale compared to some of the maybe some you know a normal human or even you know some of these other creatures and just i i, I really liked uh how how they showed that to really you know tense scene and you know you're like man are they gonna get caught and you know what what's gonna happen so i really like that scene yeah well that was like using that little cloak too right that was a I mean, that was a cloak to kind of help disguise you know when, when he when he pulled it over himself and and sam oh that was so smooth yeah <laughs> that that is i i think it it's one of those things that reminds you like what they said when they got the cloaks from the elves like what those cloaks were supposed to be for yeah and the fact that it makes them look like just a rock yeah. was I, I thought really well done yeah it really yes. was yeah I, I i agree another scene that i thought that was just super beautiful was when gandalf basically kind of revealed himself and he, he went and called his horse shadowfax i don't know how they filmed this exactly the only thing i can think of is it must have all been you know visual effects like cgi but like the white horse running in a distance way off in a distance and runs right up and comes right up to gandalf and it was such a beautiful little scene uh yeah. but it it didn't look it didn't look like cgi to me but it's the, only, it's the only thing I can think of is that it, they had to have done that with CGI. It looked really, really, you could be right. It could be CGI, but it looked very practical. I, I, I you know, I, I was like, well, maybe, you know, this is just a really well, well-trained animal. But from a, from a, from a, just how it was shot and cinematically how it looked on screen, Tim, I mean, that you're, you're, you're a hundred percent right on that. I mean, just the slow motion. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful white horse. Um, just, you know, it, it was, it was a really, really awesome scene. Yeah. I don't know how they pulled it off, but that was just one that I, I could just watch over and over. Uh, it was done so beautifully, you know, and then on top of it, I mean, just all the practical, uh, terrain that they used, uh, throughout this film is just fantastic. The, yeah. You mean the travel log of New Zealand? Yes. <laughs> right. The travel log of New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, um, I think what, what really helped this film, right. Is, um, if you think about speaking of terrain and just some of the set pieces that they used i mean we went from you know the mountains then we went to essentially gondor slash you know mordor Mm -hmm. um you know with between frodo and sam and then you've got right and you got fangorn forest and you've got you know you're eventually at um uh saruman's tower which name escapes me right now um isengard isengard yeah isengard yes 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 <laughs> I, you know sometimes i've seen these movies so many times i sometimes I almost you know I, I disappoint myself sometimes it's like <laughs> how do you not remember some of these names there are so uh, many do you realize the movie's called the two towers right <laughs> i'm just just saying exactly. well there's so many there are so many names and characters and places uh really just throughout the, you know throughout these three films it's just it's it really is hard to 
to keep track of all of it. It really is hard. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm there with you. I, I am by no means a token aficionado. So trust me, I struggle too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's but we but we love the movie, and um, I think that's the most important thing. Is you know, um, you know, the names and stuff and places. You know, it's difficult sometimes to to capture them all, remember them all. But um, the movie really just does speak volumes. It's just such an amazing film, and you know. So, but you know, going back to what I was saying, this the set pieces are just so expansive and um you know you're, you're jumping around all over the place from fangorn to isengard obviously to um to the mountains to you know this open plain field and terrain uh which was really cool because um that terrain that Gollum and uh frodo and um sam were walking over that had all the dead elves you know if you remember uh sam said there are dead things dead things in the water yeah right? yeah and and they're walking in and, and Gollum says there was a battle long ago was that that wasn't referencing I, I don't think so because the battle the the battle that happened between the elves and men well elves and men and um sauron when the ring was first taken from him when until Isildur took the ring that happened behind you know in mordor actually right at the at the at the base of mount doom right um. i think i think it did I, I i think it did because if you remember Isildur cut the ring from sauron's hand um lord lord elrond that must, at the time, yeah i think you're right right because he had he had to, because he had to actually go to Mount Doom and choose not to throw it in. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. And if, and if you guys remember last time, you know, we, you know, you know, <laughs> why didn't he push we, him? We in? talked about, <laughs> he should have pushed him in, man. Yeah. He should have pushed him in. You know, sometimes it's about the greater good, man. Just That's push right. Him in. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but, but no, the, the, that particular plane, I guess I, I would be curious to, to understand, you know, I'll probably do some Googling, just understand sort of what particular battle um, was being referenced there because if that was a battle from let's say the second age or um you know which is where the amazon series picks up i wonder if we'll see some of some of those things that were not explained in the the film that happens i believe in the third age that we'll see some of those things that were just sort of set pieces or you know kind of briefly touched on in this movie as a part of the lore if we'll see callbacks to some of that type of stuff in the amazon series that that would be interesting yeah i would assume they're gonna do that i mean that I mean, that's what I would do. I, I would tie as much as you can to all this mythology. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's been put out there. So I have a question for you guys. All yeah. right. Um, so my question is this. If if you had to, if you were building your starting five, right, based <laughs> on all the characters in this movie, right, and you had to pick a start, a starting five. We're not necessarily <laughs> playing basketball here. We're just, we're just picking, you know, here, here's, here's who I want to go to battle with if, uh, if, 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 if stuff pops off, you know, here, here's who I want on my team. So, so I'm going to get Tim, I'm, I'm going to give you the first crack of this. Who, who's, <laughs> who, who are you going to have on your starting five uh, out, out of, in the context or within the characters of this movie? Not necessarily other movies but within the characters that show up in two towers who, who you got well you know i gotta pick pippin you know i'm picking pippin you know please don't oh yes please don't do it you, yourself. you gotta remember pippin is the one who came in and he he got the ents to turn and head towards Isengard. It was Pippin that did that. Listen, a blind squ- uh, uh, a blind <laughs> squirrel gets in that every now and again. Oh, you know. Okay, I'm just kidding. By the way, um, as was well uh, uh, discussed and explained in our previous review, you're not the biggest fan of Pippin. Yes. Yeah. So that's I've I'm been not, I've been all. texting get you know GIF files of Pippin to Eric. I don't know if you've picked up your phone, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. While we're recording. 
<laughs> no, you know, you've been texting GIF files since, since while we've been recording. Oh yeah, uh, nothing but Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I ha- I haven't gotten them. <laughs> okay, uh, I am not sure where who I'm sending them to then. <laughs> No, uh, no, but in all seriousness, like uh, to answer your question, I mean, I would, I would pick Gandalf. I mean, after seeing, you know, what he did to uh, the creature and, and drawing a blank on the name, but the creature that he battled, you know, Balrog, as he was, Balrog, as, he's, Balrog. as he was, as he was, you know, plunging down to the depths of the earth, you know, between that and just this, you know, he's clearly got, he, he's clearly tied into something powerful. When he was able to express and predict that this is when you're going to see me, you will see me again at, you know the fifth day uh when the sun rises (laughs) or whatever he said you know right i mean clearly you know this is a guy you want on your team so i would i would have him just for the um the magical and wizard aspects of it okay all right so gandalf all right well we'll 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 come back to you tim so so scott scott who do you got who's 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 your who's your who's your pick who's your number one pick um i i'm gonna go with aragorn that's that's i mean aragorn yeah he's no if if i'm gonna go into battle I need him. Yep. Okay. That's okay. who I'm picking. Eric, okay. who do you have? All right. I, I got, I got, well, you know, I got Legolas. I'll take Legolas. You yeah. Know, I'll, <laughs> you know, for, for all the reasons why that we don't have to get in right now, but you know, Legolas is, is, is amazing. You know, he's, he's awesome. So I'll, I'll take Legolas as my first pick. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would probably pick, you know, Gimli. You got to get him as well. Aren't we basically just picking the fellowship? Not really. I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I listen, I, l- let me tell you this. I'll tell you my, I'll tell you my five and you guys, you know, tell me if I'm crazy. Okay. So, so I, I got I got Legolas right. Um, I got uh, Eowyn right. Mm-hmm. Um, shield maiden of Rohan. She kills the the Night King. Uh, not the Night King. Wrong wrong uh, mythology. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, so I've got Eowyn right. I've got um, uh, no Gimli. Um, no Aragorn. I, I'll, I'll pass. I got Aramir, um, the uh, leader of the Rohirrim. I've got him. Um, I've got the Ent, uh, Treebeard. Uh-huh, I'll sure. take him, right? You know, um, He's so indecisive, though. <laughs> hey, but once he makes up his mind, there's no stopping that guy. <laughs> that is um, true. <laughs> And you know, um, you know, give me, give me Saruman. I mean, he's a bad guy, but you know, sometimes you need a little edge. <laughs> okay. You know? Just want to mix it up. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right. So I mean, I I can't argue with that. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> there's so many good characters though. I mean, it's like you can mix and match all kinds of different characters uh, and just kind of create a dream team that would just be fun to watch. And certainly, people you'd want to have by your side. <laughs> you got you got it. So so we'll, we'll let's uh we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, you know, um, yeah. As always, this is being you know, if we we look at ratings i mean this is a five-star film for me for all the reasons that we covered already on the on, on the on this podcast yeah uh, i love this trilogy i love this movie um i love fellowship a little bit more but it's still a five-star film to me so um i'm, I'm I, I just i just continue to be amazed at what peter jackson did with this film and, and i and I, I i really really enjoy this entire franchise so five-star film for me absolutely yeah i mean i would i would echo that as well i, I don't know if i'd call it exactly a five because i mean is there really a, a five-star film out there this one's pretty close <laughs> if there is one i mean any of these films in a series i think would be right up there so it's a fantastic film i i just enjoy i enjoy all the added stuff that we got with the extended edition i think it's the extended edition that would push this i would not call i would not say that of the theatrical versions uh, no. because of the theatrical version this was my least favorite i also if i'm not crazy i think it's also the shortest one of the theatrical versions but mm, yeah, I think uh, so. but as far as the extended edition goes oh yeah this pushes it pushes this movie over the top yeah yeah absolutely awesome. all 
All right. Well, hey, you know, um, I think we got all of our little points in here. So we're going to do this again. We're going to finish this thing off, Eric. We're going to get that third film in here. I'm finally going to watch the extended edition of Return of the King. <laughs> I am too. I am too. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm looking amazing. forward to it. <laughs> yeah, this has been fun, gentlemen. As always, uh, really enjoy everything that you do. All of the hosts are just unbelievable. Um, and uh, I'm just so uh, honored and, uh, you know, thankful that I'm able to support uh, all the great stuff that you guys do and uh, certainly can t- plan to continue to do so. So keep up the, the fantastic work and looking forward to coming back on and talking about uh, Return of the King. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for, you know, not only just being a friend of the show, but a supporter. And thanks for coming on tonight. Like, this is fun. Like, I, I'm enjoying reviewing these films. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, guys, I think that does it for this week's podcast. Uh, just incredible, my fun. We hope you're enjoying these little these little side tracks we do when we talk about other films. But come on, it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's in our wheelhouse. <laughs> it is in our wheelhouse. Yes. Just just in geekdom, filmdom in general, it's in our wheelhouse. Yep. So uh, we, of course, would love to hear your thoughts. You can reach out to the show at Suicide Squadcast on Twitter. I can be reached individually at ScottDC27. Yep. And then on Twitter, you can reach me at Alan Fire. And you can email our show at suicidesquadcast at gmail.com and Eric how can people find you they can find me on Twitter at at Eric McClan so that's at E-R-I-C-M-C-C-L-A-N on Twitter awesome awesome okay very much yeah check out Eric he's usually talking about the Cubs or the Bears and Lord of the Rings the Bears <laughs> yeah the Bears, Bears. Bears. <laughs> <laughs> that's right this is great guys well we love interacting with you guys so please don't hesitate to reach out to us I hope you enjoyed this special episode uh, you can find us on Vero Facebook we have a website suicidesquadcast.com Uh, You can go check out us or all the other shows in our network. And as always, if you'd like to help uh, support the network, you know, like Eric has as well, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash squadcast media. All right, fellas, I think we're going to call this one to a close. I think we are. Um, You got it. Onward into Mordor. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So part three coming soon. Ish. Coming soon. Soon Soon-ish. All right, guys. Well, thanks again, Eric. And we will see all of you guys later. Bye. Eric, I loved your little list. You're talking about the, you know, the five that you would actually take with you, you know, into a battle. That's right. But what I don't understand is you put Treebeard in there. How do you, yeah. how do you possibly put Treebeard into your group of five? Of all the come other characters on. you can, that you could actually pick, you pick Treebeard. Seriously. Yeah. Come on, man. He's like 15 feet tall. He's got really long arms. He's got a, a really solid base. He's got a pun intended. He's got a nice trunk, right? It takes him three hours to say hello. That's who you're going to take <laughs> oh. into battle with you. Seriously, Eric. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I that's what I got. That's, that's what I got. <laughs> oh no, Eric, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I love the characters. I I think they were kind of fun to watch, but no, the the ants have to go. They, they take way too long to do anything. Sorry, ants, you got to go.
Um, but no, I mean, you know, we don't, you know, you know, we, we, we can, we can blow Scott up. We can not, we can just not have a blow up. Um, Mm, no, no, no. We've never not had a blow up. Come on. What's the matter with you? (laughs) Okay. Oh, well, you know, we got to blow somebody up. Bad bad host. No, bad bad guest host. (laughs) Bad guest host. Oh, we'll blow some up. I mean, so is there anything from the, from the film? Cause I mean, that's what we did last time. We blew up, uh, we, uh, blew up what's the name for, uh, you know, not kicking, <laughs> not throwing a ring in. Right. Right. Um, how about, okay. I, I did have a couple things. Um, the ends, my God, it would take forever <laughs> for them to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it took him three hours just to say hello, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, we just, you know, we we just got, we just, everybody said hello to each other. It's been an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, uh, no, we could we could do that. I mean, we can blow up um, Theoden for you know allowing himself to just be completely you know deceived by uh, Sauron, but that's a little probably a little more serious. Yeah. I like I like your idea about the ants because uh, I think we can. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah, because um, it's either that or like uh i remember gimli and and aragorn oh uh, no gimli isn't yeah it was gimli and aragorn doing the dwarf tossing jokes that was one i'm like no <laughs> you guys come on leave that crap out that was one that that was one i would have wish they would have left out because i'm like okay come on that's just it's a little bit it's a little bit too much on the nose uh, there was, was that pretty one on the nose, right? yeah and then like uh when legolas was like surfboarding down the stairs on the shield <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was another one i'm like okay come on guys that just made me think of you know uh batman and robin i remember when they were like they're falling down in the sky and they basically they jumped on his i don't remember oh, what they jumped right. on the doors or something from the they were like these yeah i yeah they were like these uh they were surfing in midair yeah <laughs> right doors, right yeah <laughs> come on <laughs> Well, listen, once 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 the beginning of the film started and Freeze was in the heist trying to steal the uh, the the, um, the diamond and they clicked their heels together and then the blades came out so they can skate. Right. Uh, <laughs> in the uh, once once that happened, you knew this was going to probably not. <sighs> yeah. Be uh, this is you know, not your uh, this is not probably going to go well. <laughs> this is not going to go well. That's exactly what I thought. too. Uh, 